Hello and welcome to Burst the Bubble. This is a show all about the silly news stories of the week and talking thereof. We'll start with our first section of uh, silly news stories this week. Uh, Michael, uh, what's the what's the first group all about? Uh, well, we, we've actually got a lot of stories this week which don't have obvious groupings. So we've kind of got a sort of people who are well, we've got we've got, we've got some royals and we've got some people who who you might look up to possibly. Uh, that, that's kind of a theme. It's not. It's a very very loose theme. Okay. So the so the first section is mainly all about superiority. Okay. Uh, uh, I should mention our, our guest this week uh, is John Nelson. Hello, I was wondering if I was going to be introduced or whether I would just come in at a random point inside, just ambled into the studio and this looked fun. I thought we'd conduct the, the show like we didn't know you were there. Right. Like we were leaving pauses and you were filling them. You know, to be like in the sixth sense. So like, you know, we, we, we don't hear you and you kind of fit yourself into the show. Yes, so like there's sort of a ghostly voice that has somehow managed to hijack parts of the station and turn you off at random points and yeah, precisely. Checked. Or you just know as well enough that you know when we're not going to speak, and then you and then you jump into those gaps, and we're mystified that our show goes down well despite all the dead air. <laughs> that's roughly how it would work. Anyway, obviously I've broken the illusion now by by mentioning you. Yes, but that's how it would have gone in an alternative universe. That that weird, deeply weird show is going on somewhere. But let's conduct a more normal show. Yeah, we, should, we, should, we should introduce ourselves as well. Oh, I suppose so. Go on then. All right, uh, I'm Chris Mosen, and here's my regular co-host. It's Michael Gonterio. Hello. Now let's talk about some stories, eh? Uh, what, what do we got first? Uh, first is the the leader of South Korea's biggest biggest Buddhist order. Try saying biggest Buddhist ten times fast. Biggest uh, Buddhist, biggest, but oh, yeah, okay, well, <laughs> it's really hard. <laughs> yeah, I only realised when I said that first time how hard it was going to be. So, I was, hey, John, but, try um, punching in your punching yourself in the face ten times really fast. Okay, hold on. Ow. <laughs> but um, yes, I did once. <laughs> the leader of South Korea's biggest Buddhist order has apologised after monks were filmed apparently gambling illegally, um, which is apparently. At against the law in South Korea apart from basically casinos catering to tourists and also a violation of their monthly code of conduct. <coughs> um, the interesting thing is that the film was apparently showing the monks playing poker at a luxury hotel some smoking and drinking as well but it is, it's specifically the gambling row that, that has hit the monks here. Perhaps perhaps these are the monks who just have like a really nice lifestyle the rest of the time but gam- gambling is the one thing that they ca- they're not allowed to do. Well they are the sort of biggest Buddhist order so it's possible that they're they have a lot of uh, wealth in there but and it doesn't specify what they're smoking and drinking I mean they could have been drinking green tea it just True, says drinking yeah. uh, it could have been smoking, smoking Twix bars <laughs> yeah uh, or you know like uh, the sort of uh, pepperamis or anything that happens to have the same sort of uh, oh, oh, smoking a pepperami would be really good wouldn't it yeah, well, you just sort no. of... No! I'm lightly going to try that. <laughs> Not lightly incinerate it, by which I mean try and set it on fire. Burn it a bit, yeah. <laughs> that could work. But, um, yeah, so it doesn't, it doesn't specify that these things are necessarily bad. Whereas gambling, I think... I mean, even if you're gambling for... I don't know, Twix bars, if you've already said, or something like that. There's probably you, you could gamble for things of zero worth. That would probably be okay. They could have been gambling for some kind of um, enlightenment type. <laughs> well, not for enlightenment itself, because it's <laughs> like, uh, you know, you must say something wise to me, and uh, and then I will become more enlightened. <laughs> I, 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 I'll see I'll see your sermon and raise you three homilies. <laughs> this sounds mostly like sort of a Buddhist drinking game, to be honest. <laughs> you know, it's like it's like ooh infraction. I want three words of wisdom. 
well they were drinking as well so maybe that's maybe there's a correlation here that you become more wise when you've been yeah. drinking i mean there there is certainly a point in every pub conversation where you suddenly think that you've had the most radical thought ever <laughs> and that nobody has ever had such an amazing idea as you um and maybe this is the point maybe they're reaching some level of um uh, of nirvana by uh by by having a bit of drinking so it's in a luxury yeah. in a luxury hotel in a luxury hotel well you don't want to be interrupted by uh by any uh i was gonna say johnny come lately i don't know if that's really what i meant <laughs> anybody just any member of staff happening to walk her in or something like that or <laughs> just noise in the street yeah you know, you want I think to that's a that's a Peter come nearby. I think a Peter come nearby. There we go. Excellent. <laughs> uh, apparently, this order has reportedly been hit by feuds and factional infighting. But the problem is, to me now, this just sounds like the plot of a movie. Uh, just like the, the different, different well, the big climactic like, scene, they play poker, and then somebody busts in and goes, "What's goes, all this then?" <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, the, 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 this is this is the part of the movie when they're actually drinking, smoking, gambling, trying to plan that there their heist and then some other monks burst in and then there's an action scene so when are we going to do it when are we when are we going to go to that tree and get that alignment oh well uh <laughs> i was thinking thursday <laughs> bam what's all this <laughs> how dare you bust in on our operation <laughs> we were going to go to that tree on thursday and receive enlightenment how did you know that we were standing outside the door listening <laughs> I we should not write this four film. words of wisdom go to tree tuesday damn it <laughs> But uh, no, no, you know, I mean, it, 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 it could be a new plot for for a martial arts movie. The, 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 the martial not, arts, this <laughs> factional, the factional infighting <laughs> with monks. That just says to me, martial arts movie. Oh, okay, sure. So it'd be sort of. It, <laughs> so what I'm imagining now is like, um, like I felt you know, you know, you know, those films that are sort of about the sort of the corridors of power, and there's lots of sort of smoke-filled room scenes. You know, people chat, people sort of talk, you know, talking over coffee and sort of going, "You never saw me," you know, that kind of thing. Uh, it'd be like that, but then there'll be a split screen throughout, and on one half of the split screen is what's actually happening. On the other one is like a martial arts depiction, <laughs> like for if you're easily bored by political intrigue. So, you know, like the film JFK would go quite well along those lines. You know, <laughs> like, at, at the top of the screen would just be the judge and, like, a cut, like the foreman of the jury arm wrestling. <laughs> I'm trying to work out how many films you could do like this. I think something like The Cherry Orchard might be difficult, because isn't that, isn't that fundamentally, uh, uh, well, I'm not, not sure if it's been in a film, but as a play, it was just sort of people effectively sitting around talking um, about... Uh, family issues or that kind of thing so yeah. then sort of basically you just have all of the characters fighting on a long stop <laughs> on a non-stop loop <laughs> across exactly, the yeah. top it needs to be quite a confrontational film because otherwise the top half of the split screen depicts a pair of martial artists sitting around and chatting <laughs> love like, actually would go interestingly in that, <laughs> <laughs> I, I was thinking tinker taylor soldier spy yeah. Yeah. yeah that could work that i haven't seen work. it so you're on your way you're on your own with this one <laughs> <laughs> oh it's all about trying to find who, who's a spy within the spy organisation. No. All the, like, suspicions could be represented using martial arts somehow, I'm sure. <laughs> mm. yeah, I, think there's a, I think there's a market here. <laughs> uh, m moving on. Um, to where else there is a market. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear, that was awful. <laughs> Thank you. No, no, th th this is another very tenuous uh, link in this group, which is uh, W.H. Smith's... Um, had a bit of trouble with their tills last week so that they would only dispense receipts for the Queen's knickers, 5 99 <laughs> So apparently the Queen's knickers are 
um, slightly more prevalent and slightly cheaper than we thought they would be. Um, but uh, this is actually not... Well, there, there was originally claimed that it was a hacker group, or a hacker group claimed that they had done this, um, just, in, in their words, for the lulls. Um, but WH Smith said, no, actually, it wasn't hackers, it was just us. Yep. We managed to erroneously change all of our tills to saying that we were selling the Queen's Knickers for five ninety nine, even though all the other transactions would go through fine. And this is because yeah. the Queen's Knickers is, in fact, a popular children's book. So <laughs> popular I haven't heard of it. It seems a bit dubious, because why would the system have, like, a function for rename all products after this one particular product, you know? Why is there a Y-shaped switch at WH Smith's head- headquarters with one side labelled pants and the other one labelled no pants and somebody just sort of walked past and was like, what's this for? <laughs> why did we install that switch? We never want it to say pants and, and, yet, and, yet, and yet it exists. Well, it's a bit like if you go to, like, a coffee shop or something and you order something that they basically never, never normally would sell something that they do sell but they, 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 that nobody ever orders mm. and they can never find the appropriate button on the till and maybe there isn't that button on the till yeah. and so therefore they've had to they just press something that happens to be the same price it could be that somehow everything <laughs> here has been changed such that every button on the till just says the queen's knickers yeah. <laughs> um, in, in that sort of fashion or in fact the till has just been changed into one giant button that says the queen's knickers it's like well I have to put this through the till bash yeah. <laughs> and up it pops I, I want to know whether the queen's knickers the book is in fact a sequel to the Queen's Nose, and there are a whole a whole series of what's entitled the Queen's thing. <laughs> Presumably, going in some kind of alliterative order at the moment here. So, um, <laughs> yes, the Queen's nougat, maybe. <laughs> yeah. uh, the Queen's nostrils. <laughs> That's a bit too close to the Queen's nose, though. Presumably, that would be the logical sequel, or possibly the prequel, depending on how you see the nose as a ordered object. Well, you also can't see the Queen's nostrils on a on a coin because of the pesky profile. <laughs> so you'd need to find like because the Queen's nose was all about an enchanted coin. Yeah, and you had you had to rub the Queen's nose on on, on the coin, uh, and you can't see her nostrils because it's a profile. So you'd need to find like that one really badly misprinted coin where she's don't... like sort of looking kind of a bit up and also into the camera. You I certainly don't see her knickers, Chris. <laughs> so this is kind of defeating the objective. Of what yeah, yeah, that, that requires a much more severe misprint. <laughs> where, where, in which the Queen walked into the photo booth and went, don't take the photo yet, lads. Ooh. <laughs> or all just like you said, there's a slightly raised profile that just happens to be particularly raised profile, so the camera's gone down and down and down <laughs> until eventually... Exactly, exactly, yeah. Presumably, like, the previous photo shoot was for an underpants catalogue or something, and it was configured for, for pants shooting. Could <laughs> you know, you, uh, configure that before we put the Queen in there. Yeah, the, the shop isn't Queen's Victoria's, Queen Victoria's seat. Secret. <laughs> Sorry, that that that, 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 that deserved a snort of derision it got from Chris there. <laughs> I, d- I didn't actually say anything. I, the, what you heard there was Nelson going. <laughs> you, 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 you kind of went <laughs> like in disgust at that joke. <laughs> it was an involuntary reaction that Chris does not realise he does. So it appears, <laughs> and, and it excused you for your well, whatever. Moving on, <laughs> uh, yeah. But moving on, stay, staying with um, k- kind of nobles and stuff. Um, the, the town of Sandwich has celebrated the 250th anniversary of the invention of the sandwich by the Earl of Sandwich. This new story being an attempt to see how many times we can say the word sandwich, obviously, because it also involves the British Sandwich Association as well as the Kent town of Sandwich. And we've sandwiched it currently into, the, uh, into our other stories. 
Um, yeah, so this is 250th anniversary of the sandwich, um, and they've been having various uh, various different um, activities to celebrate this. Um, but Michael seems to have highlighted a particular phrase here. Uh, yeah, so um, there's a point here that um, the reason um, the Earl became the Earl of Sandwich because at the time Sandwich was the premier seaport in England. But when he was offered an Earl done, um, his, his other choice that he could have had was Portsmouth. So we could we, we could have actually have um, be Portsmouth as what we what we eat for lunch rather than sandwiches. It, it's worth pointing out that a sandwich isn't an inherently sensible word for what a sandwich is. Like, the, there is a parallel universe where people are going, we could have been eating sandwiches. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, yes, exactly. I mean, like, Portsmouth, I mean, that's got mouth in it. The, you yeah. port your thing to the mouth. That makes perfect sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> if, the, if there was a town called stick a thing between some bread and then eat it, <laughs> then, then it would be a different matter, because it's like, hello, I'm, I'm the Earl of, of, I'm the Earl of stick a, stick a thing between some bread and then eat it. I never thought previously to exercise my title, but <laughs> let's give that a go. <laughs> I, I, I'm also amused by the fact that someone, um, uh, one of the organisers of the Sandwich Celebration Festival, isn't that, isn't that nice? No, it's, it's, it's ambiguous. Sandwich Celebration Festival. Now, is, is, is it the thing or the town? Who knows? Um, but the um, person who was involved in this has said, um, the four, fourth Earl was a bit of a lad and he'd stay off all night playing cards on many occasions. Um. Now, now, now here we see the kind of like difference in time periods because staying up late playing cards isn't really enough for you to get termed a bit of a lad these days. It, it takes generally more alcohol-fueled endeavours. I think he was drinking as well, wasn't he? Oh, quite, quite possibly. But if the worst thing he did while drunk was play cards, <laughs> that's not particularly laddish behaviour. That, that's not. It would, it would have had him thrown out of a Buddhist temple. <laughs> <laughs> it depends on the cards. I mean, it could have been a, a drinking card game, and therefore it was sort of just naturally intoxicating. It could have been getting all the servants to play fifty-two card pickup repeatedly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it would be annoying more than anything else, really. Um, <laughs> So, yes, I, I think there's probably... Oh, of course, there's strip poker as well. That's another thing that would actually be um, a bit of a... a <laughs> Bring risque. me two slices of bread. What for, sir? No particular reason. <laughs> <laughs> Let's say I'm hungry. Um, so, uh, yeah, so uh, as I said, that, that this, um, uh, this festival involved many sandwich-themed events, uh, of which the only one that seems to have really uh, made it into this article is reenactments of the moment... The fourth Earl of Sandwich asked for the food and bread, which really? sounds much like going into a shop and ordering a sandwich. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but I'm imagining there's probably a lot more shock for the person, people involved. So the uh, so the, the, the cell will just go. I am feeling rather peckish. Could you give me some ham and put it in? some bread and all of his <laughs> fellow car players sort of go oh, you don't mean I um, hope the actor really really milks the moment you know he gets to the point of sort of going hmm if only I could eat this ham and yet I would have to touch it with my hands thus sullying these playing cards what will I do boys and girls <laughs> put it in some bread <laughs> what's that you say cram Please it in my player you. piano <laughs> that doesn't work at all <laughs> uh, I I, what I would really like is he if, if he asked for it in bread, everyone else gasps, and then you get, just get the dum 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 dum, dum like you get the end of his. And step. then presumably somebody walks on and goes, "It's not the end. We have to finish this reactment today. <laughs> there are no more episodes." <laughs> uh, either that, either that, or you just get the uh, dun dun dun. Well, you could, it, I mean, you. 
if he was doing this late at night, isn't it possible that the the um, invention of the sandwich actually came on two separate days? Because he could have done it around. He sort of had the idea just before midnight, and during the time he was ordering it, it changed midnight. So you could actually do it as a two day festival, <laughs> where he sort of stops halfway through, and then tom- <laughs> tomorrow the conclusion. Yeah. <laughs> on day one, he creates the open sandwich and goes, "It's still <laughs> lacking something." <laughs> Uh, now I'm just imagining it being a really bizarre episode of 24 <laughs> <laughs> Like a really terrible episode yeah. of 24 which, which would be called 2 as well, presumably <laughs> Jack Bauer running around the place sort of going I've got nothing to do here <laughs> I've got a demented old man who's crammed some ham into a player piano <laughs> Two slices of bread, nothing to do with them <laughs> uh, or, or it could, could be a task on the crystal maze Make There's, a sandwich Yeah There's, there, is a, there is a parody of um, Make a Cup of Tea on the crystal maze on YouTube I'm sure <laughs> <laughs> no. Sorry, that's not particularly relevant at all to sandwiches. <laughs> I'm sorry, carry on. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> um, I think we'll carry on in the following matter. Moving on! <laughs> <laughs> oh no, you've, you've pulled the moving on bell. <laughs> uh, no, we, 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 sa- we in fact sandwiched the Earl of Sandwich in between two references to the royal family uh, before we had the Queen and, and her knickers. Uh, now, <laughs> that's a phrase that can be taken out of context. And you're like, what were they all about? If you've just tuned in, that is in fact a ch- popular children's book, not some slur on the royal family. <laughs> no. um, but now we've got um, uh, Prince Charles uh, went on and broadcast the weather, a TV weather forecast, on, when he was touring BBC Scotland. Um, so, yes, um, Prince Charles and Camilla, in fact, were both um, had a, a lengthy tour of BBC Scotland. At the end, they were invited, I believe, to do, um, to do the weather forecast, um, which they did in turn, I think, rather than both together. And uh, there is... Uh, yes, and they, they read out a, a special squi- a script. Script, 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 script. Um, sorry, I don't know why I had so much difficulty over that word. Um, which uh, made various references to um, various royal areas. Um, properties, we should point out. Properties, that's the word I think. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've lost the power of speech temporarily. <laughs> it's, it's trying to say biggest buddhist earlier. Yes, and probably also punching myself in the face. Probably didn't actually do a lot of good there. Um, but yes, and there is a video of it if you uh, feel you want to uh, watch it. It should be either on BBC or on Guardian website. Indeed so. Uh, uh, so One of my favourite things, though, is that there's a spokeswoman from Charles's London home, um, Clarence House, who said, he spends a lot of time in Scotland, so he's very interested in the weather. <laughs> I spend a lot of time here. I'm, I'm, I'm not that interested in the weather. It, 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 it's easy to mitigate it. Oh, anyway, I see. During the summer, it tends to get warmer. During the winter, it tends to get colder. Sometimes it snows. Um, well, yes, but you're just not interested in the w- weather for a Brit. I mean, like, Brits are famously interested. Like, there's no other country where the first thing you do after saying, hello, how are you, is, nice day today, or, uh, didn't, you know, it looks like it's going to rain, or something like that. We famously always talk about the weather. We are naturally interested in the weather. Like, it, <laughs> yeah, so, so this isn't going above and beyond. Well, as in uh, Prince Charles here. Well, yes, but um, it's, it's just st- stating the obvious. It's saying he spends a lot of time in Scotland, so he has eaten a Scotch egg, or something like that. Well, actually, that's not true. You don't need to spend a lot of time in Scotland to eat Scotch egg. But it's, it's sort of like it's, it's a bit of a null statement, but it's not false to say that if you spend a lot of time in Scotland that you're interested in the weather. 
I, th- I think it's false as an implication. It's not the case that if you spend a bunch of time in Scotland, then you are interested in the weather. Well, for the example, weather will be interested in you. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> what if I lived, for example, in an underground doom fortress? I guess you could argue that I'm not in Scotland. I'm in my doom fortress. Where does Scotland end? You know, like at what depth is you no longer in Scotland and you're actually in my doom fortress? That's kind of the question. Are, are you trying to like build a doom fortress and just secede from the United Kingdom? Here? Yeah, but it's really difficult. I mean, like you keep on getting charged council tax, and you, you'd be amazed the tax band you get into for building like an all-encompassing doom fortress, like J. <laughs> you know, to get charged J. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's gonna be like going. So I, I have no idea what, what J is in this context. I, I it's quite hard. bad. <laughs> 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 but I think I think even if you were underground in the Doom Fortress, you might be interested in the weather because you'd have the water table and things like that, <laughs> which, would, which would determine on how flooded your Doom Fortress was at any given time. Um, I mean, supposedly uh, we are still in um, this this drought, despite uh, the fact that it's been raining for the last month. Um, and so that's you know previously the Doom Fortress seemed like a great idea because yeah. it wasn't flooded at all, whereas gradually it's been <laughs> filling up with water. I would say that you have an interest in the weather there. I would be bail- out my doom fortress quite a lot at the time. Yeah, you'd, okay, you'd be looking point. at the weather forecast See, and going nuts, rain again. <laughs> See, I was about to rebut that by saying, "Fine, then I will build a flying doom fortress." But then I realised my statement I was about to make was by building my flying doom fortress in the manner of that big boat thing on the Avengers. I will no longer have any interest in atmospheric conditions. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll not be doing that. <laughs> Yeah. So I think it's fair to say wherever you are in Scotland, you'll have some interest in how much it rains. Right. Even if it's just whether to bail out your doom fortress, whether to bail out of your uh, flying <laughs> fortress, or, or whether to stay inside and watch Celtic Rangers. <laughs> but, 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 but it says you're very interested in the weather. Very. It's a very you're failing to justify here. Okay, fair enough. So, but I mean... <laughs> Oh, <laughs> this, this, this judge judges that the implication is fair, the very is not, and that we should stop talking about this. <laughs> in seconded. In fact, I think it's roughly time uh, to take us a musical break in order to reset our brains uh, and teach Nelson to speak again. Uh, so let's do that. Um, we'll be back after this short break uh, with some more silly news stories. In the meantime, uh, if you want to get in touch about any of the ones we have been talking about, uh, then you should email studio at camfm.co.uk. Or if you're listening online, then there's that form thing that is underneath where the webcam is. Or, uh, if you feel like texting us and you, you have money to burn, uh, then you can text a number. Michael, do you know what the number is? 80809. There we go. And that will cost you 10 pence. Uh, but really, you should email us, because that's what sensible people do. Uh, we'll be back after this musical break. On air, online, and across Cambridge. Your station. Your Cam FM. Hello and welcome back to Burst the Bubble, uh, the show all about silly news stories. Uh, before the break there, uh, we were talking about uh, royals and figures of authority. Uh, and then after a brief break to listen to the track that I will totally now name, it being Buck Rogers by Feeder, uh, then uh, we're going to be moving on to a sort of a kind of a progression. Uh, if you've actually ever listened to the Cam FM show Super Connected, it is basically what they do. Uh, they sort of, they play a series of songs, each of which links onto the next one. Yeah, we're going to be doing that, but with news stories... Uh, Uh, to take us from the topic of entertainment eventually to the topic of animals slash zoology because that's actually a topic Uh, let's start with entertainment and with kind of a bit of a link on from the royals Uh, uh, do kick us off Michael 
Uh, well, apparently, um, in a special performance of the West End musical We Will Rock You, um, there will be an appearance from the late Freddie Mercury, uh, according to Queen guitarist Brian May. Uh, they're going to um, use an optical illusion, which is not a hologram, apparently. Um, maybe because um, loads of people were talking about um, Tupac appearing at um, was it the O2 recently? Okay, I, I actually hadn't heard that until I read it in this story. So, so fill us in roughly on, on uh, what, the, what in, in what way did they resurrect slash summon Tupac? Uh, apparently, it, it was just a new version of a really really old optical illusion. Um, but everyone kind of went, "Oh my god, it's a hologram!" Okay. Uh, um, it's an, an old optical illusion that I used to use on stage involving uh, a mirror and a um, kind of like, f- like thin fabric film, uh, I oh, believe. Yeah, okay. so, it, so it looked uh, like it was actually on stage, this person. Um, yeah, yeah. It's what they used to use to get ghosts on because it kind of looks a little bit see-through. Yeah, yeah. That's um, pretty cool. <laughs> but um, I'm, I'm guessing they're going to use this again, but the, the thing about this story is that Brian May has said people will come out saying... Did we actually see Freddy? Which I'm pretty sure they won't because, yeah, it's, it's, it's quite well known that he's dead. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm well, not that's sure. not stopped anybody, you know, with like Elvis appreciators, for example. You know, everyone's always like, oh yeah, we totally saw Elvis. Yeah, there are sort of all the conspiracy theories about Elvis still being alive. There's, yeah. It's quite possible that some people still believe that the Freddie Mercury is, is still alive. It's also possible that they've only ever seen his name written as the late Freddie Mercury, in which case they should assume that he's perennially tardy. Yeah, he's never actually there when you're expecting him. That's why yeah, you never and see that's him. why they never see him on stage, <laughs> yeah. because he's always late, and he always turns up after the show, whereas this time he actually turns up on time. Yeah, exactly. Plus, if people were to go, did we actually see Freddie, they'd be saying, perhaps we saw his ghost, in which case the rebuttal is not, no way, he's dead. The rebuttal is, no way, he's alive. You know, like, him being dead is a requirement for him to appear as a spectre. You know, that's 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 pretty much the way it works. And like, if it, it could be astral projection, in which case it's okay if he's alive and him being dead would be the rebuttal. Nah. Well, so, fair enough then. So it's pretty much legit to appear, is, <laughs> is, is what we've concluded. <laughs> oh dear, but, um, yeah, and um, Brian May's also said, it's a little unfortunate they did that thing with Tupac, as we've been trying to make Freddie appear on a stage for quite a while. Which kind of implies, like, come on, Freddie, go on, go on, you can get on stage, go on, go on, ghost. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Repeatedly sending text to his mobile phone, he never responds. <laughs> but, uh, yes, and um, in other news, they're also apparently getting uh, somebody who's slightly more alive to appear as well. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> apart, apart just one, <laughs> just one person. Yes. All the other cast will be dead. It'll be, a, it'll be kind of like we will rock you, crossed with thriller. Uh, Brian May and people will be dead. I'll just be in the audience, sort of looking out, going, "Look, it's Freddie Mercury," um, and also <laughs> Robert De Niro is apparently going to be on there. Although they refer to him as Bob from Los Angeles, <laughs> uh, which is slightly less good if you sort of say special guest star Bob from Los Angeles <laughs> and there's probably be some excitable Los Angeles person in the studio uh, in the audience at the time who will assume that this is their cue to get on stage <laughs> <laughs> oh, indeed indeed <laughs> uh, w- moving on uh, to uh, another kind of entertainment story this is um, sport rather than rather than music uh, but this is the fact that a Newport County fan uh, who's been attending games for 90 years will finally get to see his team playing at Wembley um, yeah, in the FA Trophy final against York. Um, so I, I just like impressed that someone's managed to stick with um, a football team for 90 years, uh, despite the fact they've obviously not won very much. 
Well, uh, this would have been... Uh, it's only, I think, comparatively recently when, te- when people would choose to support what is not effectively their local team or a team that they have some connection to. Um, I'm willing to bet that this guy lives in Newport um, and thus it is a lo- uh, an obvious choice for him to to, uh, to support. And if you've been there 95 years, then all other club successes are moderately transient. So you can sort of, yeah, I don't think at the age of 70 you're suddenly going to go, I know, I'm going to start supporting Arsenal. I've had enough of Newport County. <laughs> now is the time, 70 years on, that I am going to start supporting Arsenal. Um, because 10 years down the line, you might find that Arsenal are no longer as good and that they're sort of now somewhere near the bottom of the Premiership or being relegated. Okay, well... Go back to Newport then. <laughs> but um, this guy, this, this this guy actually was a prisoner of war, a work out near Auschwitz, and played football to keep up its spirits. So it's obviously a a big thing for him. And this isn't a particularly funny story, but I just like it's just a nice a nice story. We spend a lot of time taking the mick out of things, and just just, just for this story, I would like to say, yeah, well, well, well done to this guy. Hope you have a good day. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it should be a grand day out for him. <laughs> what you've done here is you've introduced to our show the birthday card section of CBC. <laughs> <laughs> there's this one bloke. I hope he has a nice day. <laughs> <laughs> moving on. <laughs> uh, well, moving on. Sticking with football um, again. Just a silly, silly little thing is uh, apparently a chicken was. Um, released onto the Ewood Park pitch uh, when Blackburn was playing Wigan in the Premier League um, apparently this, this, this wasn't just completely spurious it's apparently that the, the uh, club is owned the, the um, Blackburn is owned by um, Venkis an Indian company that specialises in chicken and meat chicken meat processing um, so going look, here, here's part of your company <laughs> to disrupt something which is only tenuously linked to your business so it's good luck for them that they don't build tanks for example <laughs> because then somebody would have driven a tank onto the field and been like see symbolic <laughs> it would be like, like that Mr. Like that Snickers advert when Mr. T drives on the tank and sort of throws Snickers at them in an attempt to get them to play better yeah exactly, um, exactly. <laughs> but it's a good thing they're not owned by piano tuners you know it's like just drop a baby grand on the centre circle <laughs> also it's just like just, just one chicken as process go, it's quite low key. Uh, you could have, you could have like, it would have been quite funny though if they got one chicken and then people have run around trying to catch that one and then as soon as that one caught another chicken. Yeah. <laughs> like, wait, well, this is the same chicken. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you couldn't smuggle that many in because presumably some bloke has walked on with a chicken stuffed in his jacket uh, and 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 then has gone hey chicken. Uh, whereas if, if you were to show up with a bit, you know, like a massive cage, sort of twice your own height, and the steward's like, you know, what's that big cage of chickens for? Oh, it's like personal snacking purposes. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, hmm. Yeah, the, the Snickers would work better for that. For that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, I mean this this will be a familiar story to anybody who has been following the Premier League this week because <laughs> what? because, because um, a lot of chickens were. There. I don't, I don't well, think no, that was a joke. Was uh, it? Just, <laughs> know, just because the, this this uh, the Blackburn have been under the cost for a while because their their owners are generally despised by their fans. Um, but the thing that I particularly enjoyed about this was the fact that in order to make it clear that this wasn't a random chicken, that they actually draped a, a, a Blackburn Rovers flag around him. And yeah. so um, if you actually look at the video, uh, or in fact just a still, it kind of the chicken has sort of got that kind of upright chicken pose. Mm. And then the, f- the flag is sort of like billowing slightly at the back. 
and thus it looks a little bit like super chicken has just come <laughs> onto the field because <laughs> um, it is the, the proud chest that, that chickens tend to have as well yeah so um so, yeah. chickens are wonderful like that in in that they, they look like they're obviously trying to be so dignified but it just makes them look ridiculous <laughs> um but uh yes because uh, there was a chicken and it happened to go into the uh, into the goal mouth of the blackburn's opposing team and they said it's the closest blackburn actually got to any goal mouth action was this chicken um, and it did resolve around the Blackburn striker and the Wigan goalkeeper chasing it for about a minute <laughs> uh, until eventually they managed to they managed to sort of do a pincer movement where it re- tried to run away into the net and then they sort of clasped it in the net and then the steward came and took it away whilst it sort of complained in chicken see at this point it sounds a bit like this is the end it's sort of the heartwarming ending for a sports movie you know like they, they help each other catch the chicken and then they're like well we're fighting over where to put this ball guys <laughs> Come on, let's all go and have pizza. <laughs> it would be a heartwarming or KFC. End. <laughs> <laughs> it would be a heartwarming end for the part of two things. Probably the chicken might have ended up being the steward's lunch for all as we know. Um, uh, the other thing being that this was actually a relegation deciding match, effectively, Ooh. and Wigan winning it in the end did actually relegate Blackburn from the Premier League. <laughs> so I think this this level of cooperation was quickly put to one side <laughs> after the chicken had been removed. Why did you fail us, Super Chicken? Why? <laughs> okay. So presumably the ending for the sports movie in this case would have been like, they said, why don't we neither of us be relegated? And then there'd be like a title card at the end of the credits that like, the Premier League was having none of that. (laughs) (laughs) Blackburn relegated to the championship. (laughs) Well, I am kind of hoping that the chicken is still alive and that the the manager has actually come in for a lot of flack. Um, In particular, the the fans don't like the manager and so they all want him to be sacked. And I kind of want them to try and replace him with Super Chicken. (laughs) It was like... Now we're going to be something that the fans will really get on board with. They can't possibly argue with our choice of manager now because they are the ones who created him. <laughs> Super Chicken will lead us back into the Premier League. Oh, it, it could be the new um, Paul the Octopus. Instead of instead of getting getting Paul the Octopus to predict games, we get Super Chicken to like peck on a, on a, on a board to like decide which players <laughs> play in any given match. It would just What's that you say, Super Chicken? The formation will be eight two zero. <laughs> All right, <laughs> goalkeeper, go away. We need one less person. <laughs> Everybody to the front. <laughs> but, uh, well, 8-2-0, unfortunately, the, oh, the goalkeeper is always it? in a formation, so it would just mean you had eight <laughs> men up front. No, you'd have eight men in defence, two men in midfield, and nobody up front. Uh, <laughs> which would not be a particularly great formation, yes. but probably slightly better than eight men up front, <laughs> and nobody in defence. Um, but it probably would just revolve around them all running around like headless chickens, quite naturally. Hey. Um, but then again, apparently that's what they've basically been doing this season, so it can't really be much worse. <laughs> uh, uh, when you were talking about bring, how they were trying to catch the chicken together, I just hope that someone in the stadium has, with control to the ta- of the tannoy, just had the p- presence of mind to put the Benny Hill theme on. Because, <laughs> I mean, this is, this is something, if you're, if you're the person who's in control of that, this is something that's only going to work once in your entire career of doing that. <laughs> something, something actually happening properly, randomly, on, on the pitch that you haven't said or isn't your mascot doing anything silly. See, that actually... That plays in beautifully for the, for the sports movie because the scene before, you'd be cut to the booth and the guy would dust off his tape of the Benny Hill theme music and go... <sighs> 
the chance to play it has gone. My career in slapstick comedy has died. Never shall I play this music again. And then he'd throw it in the bin, and then this stuff would happen, and he'd dig it out of the bin and be like, yes, one last time. Oh, and, and he'd be frantically doing it, going, I'm going to get it on, going to get it on, and then possibly also like destroying half the things in his little sound booth while, while getting this tape out. And I was only one day away from relegation. <laughs> <laughs> so sweet is this moment <laughs> the Benny Hill sound- soundtrack is banned in the championship you couldn't possibly play it down there <laughs> uh, <yeah>. like <laughs> that, that league has rules man they've suffered so much already we can't compound their suffering by making light of their situation when they're in the championship <laughs> well, just when they're getting relegated from the Premier League, fine. But after that, <laughs> after that, we we all have to be sombre and sad for them. <laughs> uh, and uh, st- talking about bizarre, crazy animal antics. Oh yeah, that link thing we were doing. Yeah, this is one of those. <laughs> um, in the the Colombian town of San Antero, um, they have donkeys dressed up as celebrities as a uh, part of a. Um, pageant and um, I was hoping you were going to say as part of a pageant because the way you were leading it there was it like they always had drunkies dressed up as celebrities and these were the celebrities of this town San Antero <laughs> no this is only for one particular event they have a donkey pageant which I think is I mean it, it's not quite obviously a donkey beauty festival or anything like that but it's sort of the idea where you dress them up um, in, in the to mimic some kind of well known figure and this is sort of part of their way of doing satire I think as well as <laughs> as well as uh, making broader points known. Yeah. So um, the two of the people that they uh, dressed up as uh, one of them was Barack Obama, and this was commemorating the fact that he was visiting Colombia around this time. Um, and apparently, when he did actually visit Colombia, they did offer him a baby donkey as a gift, um, but he rejected it. So they presumably then <laughs> decided, fine, <laughs> if, if, if Obama will not have donkey, donkey will have Obama. <laughs> Um, when you say they offered him a baby donkey, you don't by any chance mean they offered him a burrito, do you? <laughs> <laughs> ah, I'm pretty sure that means uh, baby or little donkey, or is, I think, anyway. I see what you did there. Uh, yes, it does mean little donkey. You're but quite right. I, I'm thinking you've been reading the news through Google Translate, basically, and you're like, why do people keep on giving each other baby donkeys? What's going on here? Um, <laughs> Obama may have been more likely to take a burrito, because he could have eaten the burrito, and that would have been... You know, all good. That was his lunch sorted. Yeah, yeah. whereas he um, could never have ridden the baby donkey. That yeah, whereas cool. the baby donkey he would have had to attend to it would have been sitting in the in the White House, not in the White House, probably outside eating the grass. It's <laughs> one of those things like you don't you don't particularly want the president of the United States to have to take some time off out of his busy schedule to go and feed the donkey. It depends what he's doing. If he's about to press the nuclear button, and then, some, <laughs> and then somebody's like, "The donkey's escaped!" <laughs> yeah, that, that, quick, that's play probably, the Benny, Benny Hill theme. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought I'd get the chance. <laughs> oh, the White House senses. <laughs> I can't press the nuclear button whilst the Benny Hill theme <laughs> is playing. It's just too much of a dissonance. <laughs> that, that sounds like some arts house cinema film now. Some like something happened and something made Benny Hill theme, and you just see like the finger slowly descending to the nuclear. <laughs> thus highlighting the the craziness of yeah. the concept of nuclear war. Maybe there's a uh, an activist with like a truck with a megaphone on the top that drives up to important government buildings and plays the theme for exactly this purpose. So some, somebody is like, "I'm sorry, Mr. Jemison, you are sentenced to death." And then, oh, for goodness' sake! 
All right, you're sentenced to some prison. <laughs> I just can't. I I can't sentence a man to death whilst the Benny Hill theme tune is playing. <laughs> it is my only weakness. <laughs> oh dear. But, uh, we've not got the Benny Hill theme. Sadly, we should have. Why? Why is the radio station not equipped with this? You think it would be perfectly adequate? I suppose the problem is that a lot of Benny Hills are visual, so you'd kind of have to imagine us running around, <laughs> chasing each other around the studio, <laughs> presumably with some policemen behind, sort of waving truncheons. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> It'd be okay if we had one of those old-timey um, theatre sound effects kits, so we could make things go boy oi 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 and so on. <laughs> yes. Splat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Whoop. <laughs> Right. And so on. <laughs> Marriage has degenerated into doing noises. <laughs> uh, enough of that. <laughs> yeah, so if you've got any comments on any of the stories we've been talking about, you can email studio at camfm.co.uk. If you're listening on the online player at camfm.co.uk, you can just fill in the web form there. Or you can text us on 80809, putting cam plus your message, but that will cost you 10 pence. And we're back with a few more silly news stories after this. Your music, your station. 97.2, your Cam FM. Hello and welcome back to Burst the Bubble, uh, the show all about silly news stories. Uh, we were uh, talking about royalty uh, and then we gradually progressed from entertainment towards animals by a series of tenuous links. Uh, but next we'll be moving on to, I think, mostly travel, is that right? Yeah. Yay. Uh, a section mostly about travel-related things. Uh, Michael, kick us off with our first travel story. Uh, first story is that three friends have set a world record because they have driven... 43,319.5 miles in a black taxi cab uh, across four continents and 50 countries and the fare they clocked upon the meter totaled 79,006 pounds and 80 pence uh, hopefully hopefully they, they they just rounded that to 79k really <laughs> it's uh, very it, polite <laughs> yeah it'd be, it'd be a bit of a shame to like go on go on a taxi ride like that and then and then go oh i've not got the 80 pence <laughs> you're not gonna tip the driver <laughs> after all of this time <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they went all the way sort of through asia and up the the, the highest altitude reached by a taxi which is 17,000 foot they went to uh, i think they ended up in sydney at one point did they I, th- I think you can tip the driver, you know, a little bit, <laughs> rather than minus £6.80. <laughs> 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 yeah, I, d- I do think they actually, they actually drove it. And I, I'm in- intrigued by the fact that it's a Guinness World Record spokesman who said the fare they clocked on the meter was 79k. Because it, it, it's it's not exactly what you think of the Guinness World Record being interested in. It's kind of like exact taxi fares. Um, it's, it's well, I think they're interested in everything, aren't they? Well, they? No, no, That's no, many no. their thing. Well, yeah, I Have you done a thing? Was it a thing with a bigger number than another thing? Yes. <laughs> How many bigger numbers than other things? That's mm. a lot of big numbers. Let us put all these big numbers into that record. Into a book. <laughs> but, but and yay, it shall sit upon your toilet side. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just like they, they know how to... Ch- Check. I don't know. I, I'm not sure what I was thinking, frankly. But um, yeah, okay. Perhaps I do deserve a tip. They were arrested in Moscow and detained by the Iranian secret police uh, at different parts of their trip. I should point out, not not both at once. And uh, one of the men, Mr. Archer, was deported from I- Iran as a suspected spy. <laughs> Which means that presumably the other two sort of drove around for a bit and then sort of eventually had to drive around the border trying to find where he where he was waiting. <laughs> so I'll meet you at the SO. But well, that doesn't really help, does it? <laughs> I can see some desert. <laughs> you mean the SO well? <laughs> Presumably, yes. 
So, you, I was thinking to myself about this, you know, uh, apparently uh, the three people who did this were students. And I was thinking, what kind of student exactly has, A, ownership of a black cab, and B, access to the tens if not hundreds of thousands of pounds needed to spend 15 months driving a taxi around the place for world record-gaining purposes? Uh, and my question was neatly answered uh, when it turned out there was a stage in their journey when they attempted to enter the nation of Moldova, uh, but they were turned away because they didn't have the correct visas. However, they were very to work around the problem because one of their friends knew the mother of the president of Moldova. Uh, one of their friends' mothers knew the president. Or Wrong way around. Okay, well, the point is, they were closely connected to the president of Moldova. That is the kind of student that uh, that has access to hundreds of thousand pounds, the kind that actually is nearly the president of a country. <laughs> well, they, they, could, they could have got it on some kind of travel grant. I mean, like, you can get <laughs> travel grants from uh, Cambridge and say, I'm going to do a project, or I'm going to go to you know, Thailand, and I'm going to go and teach English and geography to the to small children there. I said, well, I'm going to drive a taxi round, and I'm going to, um, I don't know, promote taxis everywhere. Yes. <laughs> yes, <laughs> uh, I'm going to promote this university by getting in the Guinness World Book of Records. <laughs> <laughs> You know, they say at the, the, at the end of the thing, they note that uh, by doing this, they raised £20,000 uh, for, uh, uh, for some charity or another, which I can't remember. British right Red now. Cross. There we go, for the Red Cross. Uh, which is very nice. Uh, although it's worth pointing out that uh, in order to do this, uh, they burned at least £60,000 worth of petrol, uh, plus various other costs and things. So they've, in fact, raised a negative £40,000 uh, for, the, for the British Red Cross by doing this. Uh, well, I, I imagine they probably didn't pay the fuel bill. but Yeah, know. I don't think they gave the bill. To the British Red Cross and said, "This was on behalf of you guys." Stump <laughs> up. <laughs> Nonetheless, they could have forked over the sixty k. You know that that would have been nice. <laughs> uh-huh. They also apparently thought it would be difficult getting on being in a metal box twenty four hours a day. Um, really, twenty four hours a day? Really? I can think of several things that would have been better accomplished outside of the metal box. That's <laughs> okay. There's at least one hole in the metal box. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah, even so. I mean, it's quite difficult to sleep three people in a car because one of you can go along the back seat, that's all fine. One of you can go across the front two seats, which means gear stick in the back. <laughs> and one of you can go along the floor, which means if the person who happens to be on the back seat rolls over in the middle of the night, <laughs> then you get imminently crushed by your friend. <laughs> or, or alternatively, they, they, could, they could like each have a seat and sleep in their seat. I imagine probably what you'd do is you'd get the front two seats. So one person's sleeping across the back, and then you get two people in the front, and then they both wind their seats all the way back. Like, until Yeah, until the seat is just above the head of the guy who's sleeping on the back seat. Then everything is fine unless the guy in the back seat has a nightmare. <laughs> and so it goes... <laughs> <laughs> in which case the airbag presumably goes off. <laughs> mother, wake up, wake up! <laughs> <laughs> Again, and then you very slowly <laughs> wind the front seat forwards. As it's end. probably what oh. gives him nightmares. He probably has nightmares of being smothered by an airbag every night. <laughs> it's a horrible it double nightmare when he wakes up every, every night. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Do you dream that they had the world's biggest marshmallow and got suffocated by it? <laughs> <laughs> so tasty. <laughs> You've chewed through the airbag again, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. But, uh, uh, moving on, um... 
David Wilson and his wife Deborah um, went to Norway, uh, and he got mistaken for um, a war hero, uh, despite second um, Civil War war hero, despite being forty-seven, because he'd, he'd flown there to find out more about his great uncle, Captain Paddy Gingles, who bombed a Nazi war Nazi Nazi warship of Norway in nineteen forty-four, and he got in touch with a museum there so they could try and find out more and somewhere along the lines there's been a bit of a communication issue <laughs> and people thought that Captain Gingles was turning up despite being 20 years dead <laughs> maybe the Norwegians whoever was translating it if he sent it in English or uh, didn't know the word for great nephew maybe they saw great nephew and they thought it meant me again yeah. or something like it, that it's an honorific or something the, the great a, me not only him yeah. but the, the not only smith but great nephew smith <laughs> exactly or alternatively it's like he, grand poobah yeah alternatively he was writing in norwegian and he didn't have the norwegian translation for for great nephew and accidentally wrote something like i don't know cat or something mm. but then presumably he thought a cat was going <laughs> uh, or so maybe he just thought he'd gone a bit senile so uh, presumably now what we all need to do is to phone various institutions in norway and see if this reliably executes so, you know, phone Norway and say, oh, hi, uh, I'm going to find out about the head of the International Criminal Court in The Hague. And then you show up and there'll be, like, the Prime Minister of Norway going, we never did it, <laughs> you don't know nothing. <laughs> and say, I'm terribly sorry, I'm repossessing Norway. It is now a protectorate of, uh, let's say, Morocco. <laughs> <laughs> the headquarters will now be in my doom fortress underneath <laughs> Scotland. <laughs> I require that you send me ten buckets at once. <laughs> uh, but no, no the, the, this um, this man, Dave Wilson, got, said it, we got we were given a full welcoming party. It was all a bit embarrassing, really. And um, they arrived. They met an, a very old Norwegian army soldier who was showing around the museum and stuff. Presumably thinking he's aged well. <laughs> <laughs> and then someone. Someone came up behind them, and they got—they basically got ambushed by the press and the cameraman, and taking photos of of uh, David Wilson and this actual old Nor Norwegian soldier. <laughs> so it's a bit of a surprise. Uh, also, a specific reception with tea and cakes, and brilliantly, the uh, mix-up made the front page of the local newspaper. Uh, it doesn't specify whether the mix-up made the front page or the assumed reason why the press was there made the front page <laughs> so there could actually could have been a lot of people also reading this and thinking aha <laughs> Paddy Gingles I thought he was dead <laughs> was then again good. Freddie Mercury appeared the other night <laughs> so uh, maybe I was wrong the story was going to be on page 36 but it got moved forwards to page 1 with sort of you know the, what would what would have been dull stuffy war hero thing uh, turns into a hilarious mix up <laughs> Benny Hill theme tune played <laughs> <laughs> free Benny Hill CD with every copy of the newspaper. <laughs> uh, uh, Please turn it off before turning to the political pages. <laughs> <laughs> or not, <laughs> frankly. Uh, but one last story to cover, just, just, just in the last minute. Um, <laughs> Holidaymakers book French hotel to visit to Scottish island of Jura. How is this even a news story? Some people got it wrong and booked the wrong hotel. So they had, in fact, in, uh, instead of booking the Jura Hotel, which was um, in the Isle of Jura, they booked the Hotel Le Jura, which is in France, and they were charged in, in euros, or euros, um, and uh, the whole thing was in French, 
or Frosty, and um, they somehow just assumed that this, that Jira was very good at you know knowing its customers and sending everything <laughs> in, yeah. in the appropriate lingo until they got there and gave the thing to the to the uh, people at the reception, who then said, "We don't speak French." There's a bed and breakfast in Luton called uh, the Ritz, which comes up with this quite a lot. You'd be astonished how many people show up at the front desks of the uh, uh, front desk of the Ritz that are going, "Oh no." <laughs> oh, what a terrible error. How will we ever get around this? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's all we've got time for, suddenly. So, uh, thank you very much. Thank you, Nelson. Thank you very much for having me on again. Next up, we've got The Science of Fiction uh, with uh, Andy Holding, who will be talking about uh, the applications of science to works of fiction, or, or how, how science occurs in fiction, and things of that kind. Uh, he'll be on very shortly after this brief advert break.